Wow, good evening. <laughs> How are we this evening at the wonderful Marion Cultural Centre? We're good? Yeah. Oh, I think I can see someone with the wine up the back, lady in the red nice. scarf. You're my new favourite person. Cheers, Diane. You too. Cheers. <laughs> I'm Ali Clark from the ABC Breakfast Radio team and you don't really care about that because you care about the lady sitting to my right. Please welcome a woman who is, well, you're a champion of all women, I think. She's inspired millions of women all around the world with what was quite an accidental before and after photo. Taryn Brumford, please put your hands together for her. Thank you. <clears throat> Now we're going to get to your newest book in a second, but we're not going to presume that all of you know the story. So let's just start really quickly, even though you've been speaking about these photos for a long time, since you took them back in, what, 2013? Yeah. Yeah. Just explain exactly how we've got to here in, I don't know, two minutes or less. No. <laughs> Sheesh, that's a pressure. Um, oh my gosh, who's heard this story a thousand times? Yeah. See? Oh, let's tell it again. Let's tell it again. No, no. Um, so, in a nutshell, I hated my body and I wanted to fix my body. I thought it was broken and I thought the only choice for me to fix it was to have surgery. Took myself off to the surgeon's office. He was going to give me a breast augmentation and a tummy tuck. And I had this epiphany when I was watching my daughter Michaela play just a few weeks after, um, which was, how am I going to teach Michaela to love her body if I can't love my body? So, cancelled the surgery. <clears throat> oh, just side note, if anyone's sitting there going, oh, I've just had Botox, yeah. like feeling <laughs> awkward in your seat, I don't care. It's your body, you do what you like with it. Um, so, I said to my trainer one day, I just, I'm plagued with the thought, what does it feel like to have this body and would it make me happy? And she said, why don't you enter a bodybuilding competition? And I was like, are you crazy? And then I did, and then I got the body. And I got up on stage and every time I've got lights on me, it always takes me back to that moment, walking from one side of the stage to the other at Norwood Town Hall um, in front of 900 people in a silver bikini and like porno shoes, let's be frank, they were <laughs> that's what they were. Um, and I saw my dad's silver fox hair in the audience, so I was thinking, what's dad thinking? Um, anyway. Um, a part of the feminist in me died that day, but um, <laughs> I did it. I got off stage, Ali, and I realised that I couldn't um, live my life that obsessed forever. And I, there is no way that my body could um, sustain that shape. So I posted this before and after photograph where the before was me on stage, the after was as I am now. Because we, we always see before and after photographs, woman before, overweight, unhappy. She loses weight and she miraculously becomes happy. And of course, that's just not the case. This, this goes much deeper. Went viral, made a film, done. Did I make it? Did I make it? Well, I wrapped it up quick. Well, I'm like, when you say went viral, I mean, how many millions? Uh, it, it was like 100 million. It was a ridiculous amount of sharing. It yeah. went right around the globe. Um, it's I mean, like well over 200 million now. And you have celebrities coming out of the woodworks to, you know, support you. And we'll talk about different cultures in a minute because you address that in the book because, it, you know, I think sometimes we might just think, oh, it might be just us. Mm. But you've been surprised right around the world of how many women identify with what probably all of us are going through or go going through. So tell me a great celebrity story out of all of this. One that surprised you that either knew who you were because of these photos or wanted to support the Embrace movement. 
I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of fun ones. I think, I think the Olivia Newton-John story was, was the funniest because I was being really naughty. Um, <clears throat> I was invited to go to a red carpet appearance in LA, which is very not me, but I went along with it. Um, and there was a second red carpet for really special people that these special people weren't allowed to go into. <laughs> But Olivia Newton-John was in there and my dad loves Olivia. Like, wow. I think it's his, like, card with my yeah. mum. Like, you know, like, you know <laughs> the leave pass. I'm sure it is. I don't want to think about it, though. Um, and I thought, I've got to go and get a photograph for my dad of Olivia. And I tried to get in and um, I sort of went up to her people. and was like, oh, hey. And they're like, get out basically um and I started walking away and then I went back again I'm like oh no no I'm Australian you know no get out <laughs> um, and on the second time I realized that the area was cordoned off and I thought if I leave I can never get back so I just kind of lurked around and I saw this group of publicists sitting on a table so I joined them and pretended I was a publicist <laughs> And um, I was a guest. <laughs> I shouldn't have been there. And I pulled out a pen. I was, you know, chatting with them. Oh, it makes you so much more serious. <laughs> I know. It felt really secure, though, to have a pen. <laughs> That's why I've got one. And then we just had such lovely banter, us publicists. And um, <laughs> then in the end, I said, guys, I'm not a publicist. I'm meant to be in that room there. And they're like, what are you doing? And anyway, they, they sort of gave me the encouragement to go up again for a third time. And as I did, oh, the walk of shame, I was like, I can do this. Um, the security guy went to go put his arm out. Because at this stage, three times, you're a stalker. <laughs> Just as this happened, Olivia goes, Taryn, how are you? Embrace. And I was like, step aside, mofo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, it was, and we hugged and we had, these, we had a lovely chat and then she did a little video for my dad. Um, and I mean, she's the nicest person on earth is Olivia Newton-John. So yeah, that's one story of many, many stalker-like stories. Well, so you're, I went, well, you think that's stalkerish. I'm about to make you feel a lot better. Uh, Olivia Newton-John was at um, Adelaide Oval when it first opened. Mm -hmm. I may have followed her into the toilet just to hear her wee. <laughs> That is But great. I didn't get a video so, and she great. didn't know who I was. So you were well ahead. Well, ahead. <laughs> well yeah, we shouldn't digress too much yeah. and just talk about celebrities. <laughs> but I was in LA a couple of months ago and Drew Barrymore was in front of me in the yoga class and she went to the toilet and I followed. Yay. <laughs> anyway, that's too long a story. So here is a lot of the positive that we're talking about. But you've also had other people saying, well, hang on a second. You know, you're promoting obesity or you're promoting not taking care of your body. How do you respond to that? It's crazy, you know, um, this embrace movement is about empowering people to love and respect their bodies and do whatever the heck they want to do with their bodies. There's all these, you know, police around going, she's too this, she's too fat, she shouldn't be on the cover of uh, Cosmopolitan. I don't know if any of you have seen Tess Holiday on the cover. I mean, you know, who are these people? And they're judging people just, um, they're judging people full stop, um, they're judging people's health just by how they look. Um, and there's a few faces I can see familiar here and there's a couple of people that actually knew my brother because I'm Adelaide based, um, I'm from Adelaide. And I always give this example because I reckon the penny drops every single time I talk about health and, and how we're so quick to judge. And um, my brother, he was, uh, Tam, are you here tonight? Tam, hello, Tam. 
No, not yet. That's awkward. <laughs> no. I'll give Tam yes, a call here. later. I'm she here, Tam. Want, Tam's probably like, I'm, she's probably here and she's probably like saying, there's, there's a couple of people that knew my brother and he was charismatic and he played Sean Penn's movie double in The Thin Red Line and, you know, to the eye, he probably looked like he had it all going on. People would describe him as tall, dark and handsome and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, if I put Jason here and then put an overweight man next to Jason and then asked 100 people, who do you think's healthier? They all would have chosen Jason. 100 out of 100 would have chosen him. And he was a heroin addict and he died from his addiction. So we, we just don't know what's going on for people. We've got to stop the judgment and we've got to stop valuing health just as physical. Health is emotional and it's spiritual and it's mental. Those things aren't as glamorous and don't make as much money um, and that's why there's all these toxic messages coming at us. Do you think we're starting to get it? Do you think the world's changed at all from what you've seen when, when this all started? Well, this is the beauty of being six years in, you know, into this body image movement. And I fell into it, you know, I never meant to do this stuff, but it, it was just necessary. Yes, I am starting to see change. And it's such a beautiful thing. In those early days, receiving 7,000 odd emails um, after that before and after photograph, I mean, 99% of the emails that I received were all negative and, and people sharing their stories of feeling miserable about their bodies. Um, these days, I see with people I speak to and I see it on social media, I think people are curious and they want to learn to embrace. I think we've sort of reached our tipping point of feeling miserable. Some of us are going, oh, we're getting older. Maybe um, I'd like to not do this. But it's a process. We've spent more years of our life being at war and hating our body than we have loving our body. So it's not a quick fix either. But yes, I think women are done with the uh, objectification of women we see. We're done seeing uh, our girls being sexualised. I read a paper, some papers last week about steroid use. It's off the charts for our boys. This is a really complex issue and the rates of depression and anxiety and eating disorders related to body dissatisfaction is off the charts. Um, something needs to be done and people are now getting curious and they want to be they want to hear what's going on they they want to feel this freedom and having hated hating my body for so many years i know what that feels like and i know how uh, incredibly liberating it feels to 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 feel the way i do every single day so just so you know too i'm not doing all the work up here so if you're hearing things that taryn is saying and you want to ask question there will be time at the end of this as well so i'm going to get to the obvious question was where do we start and that's what this book is all about but i do want to talk to you about culturally is every culture in the world is every woman in different you know if you're looking at european culture or asian culture and all the ones that you you've been able to get are they all feeling this way well, certainly European and Asian, um, I did a lot of research into both and I went over to Europe and I saw it with my very own eyes. Um, for those of you who have seen Embrace the Documentary, you'll know um, that I focused on the Western culture. Um, it's all I could manage as a first-time film director at that time, but um, we're working on an in-development for a TV series now because we want to go much deeper. We want to have one-hour episodes um, finding out what it's like for women in, in our 
Africa and the Dominican Republic and mm. all over the world. Um, what, what surprised me though when I met women was just the amount of disdain and hate for their body. You know, on the streets of, of Paris, I thought, here we go, the Parisian women, they're going to have it all going on. But no one owned the space. You know, when I asked the question, you know, give me a couple of words to describe your body um, or how do you feel about your body, nearly every woman would say something awful and terrible about her body. The very small percentage that said, oh, I'm okay with it, I would just pause and wait. And every single time, if I paused long enough, the, oh, but I hate my thighs, or I hate this, it would come. I, I never met a woman who's owned the space of just going, yeah, I love my body, next question. I did meet a lot of men, and I did ask that question of them. The relationship seems to be very different. And please don't for a second think I'm saying that men don't have body image issues. Absolutely, they do. Um, but the, the men that I asked and said, you know, how do you feel about your body? It was always this kind of, oh yeah, goes all right. <laughs> it was just different. And I, I found it to be less complex and less layers than it has been for women. And look, without the data to support what I'm mm. about to say, I'm not sure why, um, but I have an inkling um, that the spotlight has been on women for a lot longer than men. Um, and maybe their time is coming. <laughs> And, but hopefully we can put a stop to it first. So then where do we start? Because mm -hmm. I listen in awe at the way that you are so free in loving your body and I've met you a couple of times and it is, it, there is no but to the end of your sentence when you say, I love my body. Mm. So where do you start? Oh gosh, there's so many things we can do. I think, I think one of the first things we can recognise is that if we're really lucky, we have 29,000 days on average on Earth. 29,000, it's not that many, right? Look, a few of you are like, shit, I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go, I've got to go do something. <laughs> Stay. Just, yeah, start it in about 40 minutes. We'll yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I think we just need to recognise it's not the sole purpose of our life to spend it at war with our body. I think we've, we've got to really investigate and educate ourselves and get really media literate. What are the messages that are coming at us and what do they mean and why do they exist? We are intelligent people who are buying in to the you know billions of dollars of marketing that gets spent across the cosmetic, beauty, diet, weight loss industry. We're just buying into it. And if we can just take pause for a moment and just go, this is ridiculous. I'm here on the planet to do and contribute and to have fun. And if we can really connect with our bodies again, because I see that in young people and I see it, I see it in all people. I think we've just forgotten that it's about how we feel and we've got lost that it's about how we look. And if you think about all those moments in your life that has felt incredible and joyous and free and fun and magic, like all those moments actually had nothing to do with how you looked. They're always how you feel. So if we can just recognise a little bit more of that. And then what about the idea of celebrating the gifts of what your body can actually do? Because I think that was something that really hit home for me when you stop and realise, actually, 
my stomach when I bend over and it hits my knees. I mean, that has been a home for three little dudes. That's and that's, right. that was pretty good of it. Yeah. And I appreciate it, you know, <laughs> with chocolate a lot. Uh, but <laughs> Did anyone see the Today Show this morning that I was on with Georgie Gardner? Did anyone, there's a few of you. How cool is she? We, we sat there and I think Georgie's a friend and she's been a very a big champion for the body image movement. And I think we forgot the cameras were rolling because <laughs> like, you know, two women we got started and she's talking about her little, you know, little hot dog as it was described and I've got, I'm like I've got a hamburger um, and then we're just talking about our body parts and how how they sort of move and operate and how they've changed and look I, I, I think you're right I think what this process is and what it was for me and I know um, it works for a lot of people is is relabeling your body you know the parts of your body that you hate find epic love for those parts you know we've got to find our perspective and tap into our gratitude for example the legs that I used to hate because they're all, you know, cellulite and stretch marking, they rub together up here. And I'm like, no, these legs dance. Like, that's, um, I love dancing. Um, the breasts, you know, they fed the 4,000 meals. Who's seen Embrace a Documentary? Raise your hand. Okay, so for everyone else, my breasts have fed 4,000 meals. Just saying. No, not 4,000 different people meals. <laughs> <laughs> we better point that out. <laughs> um, you know, so they look different. Um, you know, the tummy that we just spoke about, you know, it's housed three children. Like, this is pretty cool. Um, my arms that, you know, they f well after I finished waving, you know, they continue to wave. You know, I, I loathed, I loathed this part of my body. I just, I could, I never wanted to wear sleeveless dresses for how it looked and felt and how I would catch myself in the mirror. But these arms allow me to love my kids and hug my kids and, you know, I'm grateful for them now. So relabeling is a really big part of the process. Um, Getting some perspective and having and having gratitude. Hashtag grateful. It's not that. It's having <laughs> you know gratitude. So then we start with that, and I mean, how long did it take you? Because I think, look, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm doing this in my head. Is anyone else going? Yeah, I've got this. Like I can do this. this is great. And then I'll wake up tomorrow and maybe get a little bit wobbly with it. And then I'll try to run across the road and I'll feel my ass as it's falling on the back of my hamstring when it used to be <laughs> up higher. Because I remember when the day that my ass dropped, I've got that really clearly in my head. So, you know, and especially I think when you age or you go through having children, you deal with your body changing. Uh -huh. So how do you stay in that place and not yeah. regress? <clears throat> and it's, it's a great question. And anyone who has, uh, you know, join the movement or watch the documentary and, and had an experience change, if they don't work on it, it's really easy for all those temptations and those messages to get back into their life. You know, and that's just what happens. So don't ever expect to watch a film or read this book and just go, oh, embrace, yeah, I'm just gonna do that for the rest of my life. It's a, it's a work in progress, it's a journey. It's a, we have to think about it, we have to talk about it. But something that we can, we can all do, and spending a lot of time in schools, I, I get the girls and boys to do this, and we can do this with our friends, is, is make a pact with your friends and your loved ones and just go, from this moment on, I don't wanna shame my body anymore and nor do I wanna talk about anyone else's body. So let's just amongst our small circle, you know, with your loved ones, let's just make a pact today to learn to embrace. And even that as a step can be so powerful because I don't know if you know, but 
you know, when we get talking and someone goes, oh, I'm going on holiday and oh, I've got to get a bikini and the next minute we're talking about diets and the next minute we're talking <laughs> about how we hate our bodies. And if I ever walk past your group of your table in a restaurant, back and forth maybe and lurking around, I'm not looking for the toilets. I'm listening to your conversations. And I've listened to a lot of these conversations and they're terrible. Who wants to talk about this? I know women who have learned to embrace the conversations that they're having are so much more fun. Um, and uh, that's a choice. We all have a choice to embrace, but you need to work on it. What about getting others? And you talk about your little group when you're talking about children. And I know that there are a couple of men in the room. Um, mm. But just, and I think this is really important because I would imagine, you know, when I, when I don't want to be intimate with my husband or I don't want him to see me with my clothes off, how frustrating that must be for him. Because mm -hmm. he can say, till the cows come home, I love your body. That's but until we get that, mm -hmm. then it's going to be a really hard task. So I would imagine that having a partner support or that other support around you is really important. Yeah, look, I think it is. And, 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 and men are often saying, like, what, what can we do? Yeah. Um, but to be honest, when I was hating my body, no matter what Matt said to me, it did not matter. It, it mattered how I felt about it. And he could, to the cows come home, would say to me, Tyron, I love you. I didn't marry you for your body. Um, I married you for the person that you, you are. But it, for me, it's straight over the head. So we, we can't place the responsibility of learning to love our bodies onto anyone else. It's up to us. We have to have the greatest love affair that we'll ever have with ourselves. And sounds a little it sounds a little woo woo but in you know we need to fall in love with ourselves we need to be our own best friend you know we need to back ourselves i couldn't speak publicly a few years ago i couldn't do it um, I'm a high school dropout and authored, you know, a couple of books now. Never directed a film <laughs> um, i had to google lots of stuff um, to look <laughs> like i knew what i was doing um, but truly the difference between me before and me after and, and that process of learning to embrace my body and, and loving myself and backing myself and going, you know what, you're a really kind human being and that's really cool. Um, it's allowed me to do many, many things and we're all capable of that. We've all got something to share and, and something to give and something to do. And lots of us have, you know, these little things that just hold us back from doing it. Um, but we can get there and it, and it starts with embracing. Us. Well, should we see if we can get everyone to lean in a bit and talk a little bit about sparkle activities? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> you better explain what they are because I think everyone's waiting for unicorns and stuff to come from the sky. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> sparkle activities. So who knows even how this came about? I can't even remember the first time. But so sparkle activities, I write about it in the book. You know how we're all kind of busy and we've got these schedules and we've got our house and houses and homes and kids and work and everyone's talking about being busy. Have you heard this? How are you going? Oh, like I'm busy. We're all bloody busy, um, but we're also all dying because I think um, <laughs> that every breath we take is one step closer to our last. And, you know, having... Sorry, hang on. Whoa. I know, I know, I know. I, look, I have a really positive relationship with that quote and take it for, for however you want to. Um, but, you know, my own mortality just drives me, you know, because mm. we are here for, for such a short amount of time. So, 
um, I think what we need to do is inject activities into our life that, that give us that, ooh, you know, that lovely feeling, um, whether it's learning hip-hop at the WEA, um, whether it's learning how to stand up paddleboard. Um, Stalk we- Olivia Newton-John for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's right. Although that was for him, it wasn't for me. Fair and sparkle cool. activities. There's something that makes you feel alive and makes you feel good. And if you reflect maybe on the way home tonight and think, when was the last time I just had that feeling of just joy and, you know, I don't know, sometimes sparkle activities feel a bit naughty, um, or w- whatever it is. Um, we need to carve out the time in our lives to do it because it's those moments where we're, 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 we're engaging in those activities that it feels good and it connects us to our body and it connects us to our lives. So sparkle mm. activities, I want to ask you, this is turning the tables now, oh, Ali. No, I don't do this. Like when well. was the last time you did something for you that gave you just like joy? Yeah, and that's the thing. A hands up, anyone here that has done something for themselves? See, I'm very good at deflecting. I know. Do you know what? I was all over that. I was like, look at Ali turning to the audience. Don't help it. Don't anyone interview me ever. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a great question. Let's, when was, you know. Who's done a sparkle activity, something for themselves this week? Beautiful. Few. What, five? That's not beautiful. (laughs) Five? I knew you'd have your hand up, Jenny. That's not a lot of people, Ali. You know, um, and look, it doesn't have to be big and bold and outrageous and it doesn't have to be that. It could just be as simple as one of the activities I love to do is take my uh, child's beanbag, um, my son's beanbag from his room and just go park it under a tree um, at the local park and just read for 10, 15 minutes. Like it just, I feel like I come back to, you know, life a better person. And I think we can only be of service to others um, when we've filled up our own cup. Mm. So, you know, just have a think. What, is, what does it mean to feel sparkly? What could be an activity that I can engage in? And once you've done one, carve out more time and just do more. And then it becomes really addictive. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about how challenging it has been promoting this book on commercial breakfast uh, television <laughs> and uh, radio when you have a chapter in here well titled... F U, the full word, and you also talk about tinkerbelling. Oh, <laughs> Ali, we didn't discuss this in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, but, I mean, <coughs> you, your love for your love for your body, your yeah. love for yourself, yeah. and the whole idea of saying "fuck you" to yeah. certain images. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, that's one of the things that we have to do. Um, <laughs> Kylie Gillis brought this up on the morning show. You know, just this, is that where you saw it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. damn you, Ellie. No. <laughs> um, the, all the toxic messages that are, that are coming at us. Yeah, the chat, is there any kids in here? Will yeah, I? So just a couple down I there, so we don't want to, we don't want to swear. Puck you, yeah. is what I was saying. <laughs> Truck you. Um, you know, at some point we've just got to be a bit playful with it as well. You know, and when we're seeing those ads and when they're telling us to, you know, defy the seven signs of ageing. You know, in my head, I'm like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> fuck you. You know, so the, that whole chapter is sort of dedicated just to the st- stupidity of those messages that are coming at me. So it's not a fuck you. It's a fuck you. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what that is. Tinkerbelling. 
That's because you asked me about me. Back to you. Wow. <laughs> this is a dangerous game that we're playing up here. Um, Tinkerbelly, um, how, do we, how do we even well, start? It, it, the reason why I ask this, okay, so to take a step back, the hullabaloo about Embrace the movie because yeah. you, it, the way it got rated because you showed uh, vaginas yeah. on it, still shots of yeah. vaginas. And the whole uh, idea of that was to show people that we have this idea of what we're supposed to look like, mm-hmm. even in our most private areas. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't accepted as a learning tool that it perhaps should have been. Yeah, I, I was, I was um, s- deeply upset that the classification mm. board gave Embrace the documentary an M15 plus rating because of the uh, 20 uh, still images of women's labia that we included in the film. And it was all in context. The role of the classification board is to protect minors from seeing harmful content. Um, Those imagery, they needed to be there. You know, I'd just been to the surgeon. We were talking about labiaplasty and the amount of women right around the world removing parts of their body because they feel like they have to to fit in. So... um, yeah, it turned it turned into hashtag Volvergate. Um, <laughs> no, it really did. No, yeah, <laughs> it really did. It was. It, I mean, it was on like a full page of like page three of the Australian, and really blew up on social media. And it was the day that my seventy-three-year-old mum joins Facebook. <laughs> Under an alias, because heaven forbid she wouldn't want her real name out there because, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, had, I get a phone call from my mum going, what, what's all this labia and protruding labia and vulvagate? And I'm like, oh my. And I'm like, mum, it's not indicative of what I do every day, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, I, I wrote about this in the book because um, I, think we, I, I think we can't shy away from this stuff. These are our bodies. Um, and w- the thing about the classification board was that they put in their letter um, the protruding labia was their issue. So uh, it was a documentary on body image and it was getting body shamed. <laughs> and just here in Adelaide, in fact, at the, at the Palace Cinemas, after one of the screenings, I had a woman come up to me and she was around about 79 years old. I think she was because she told me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go... 79. I asked her afterwards, <laughs> how am I doing this week? Okay. And um, she, was, she was crying and initially my thoughts were, oh, she has a daughter or a granddaughter who has an eating disorder. It's just where my mind went. And she said to me, for the first time in my life, I feel normal. 79 years and she was crying. She had lived with that her entire life. Um, and it, it just, it, even t- now I could get teary mm. about it to think that how much shame that woman felt because of her perfectly, you know, perfect body doing what it, its body is meant to do. Um, and for our young girls, Ali, I really, really worry because when we look at statistics and when we talk to our professor friends and we all sit there and we go, What's going on? The rates of labiaplasty are zooming up to the top spot of what they're changing. Wowee. Well, I'll let you get off with the tinkerbelling thing only to say you better buy the book and find out what it's about. How's that go? <laughs> All right. Now, talk to me uh, Talk to me about food. It's about masturbation. Yeah. So it's like... <laughs> it's, it's, it's like <laughs> talk to me about food. I've been in a hotel for three nights on my own, so yeah. <laughs> 
Anywho. There are some people you talk to and you open the door and they'll walk right through it. <laughs> talk to me about good and bad food. Oh, yeah, we label food. Um, we make food good and bad and we put these emotions and we attach them to food and it's doing a great disservice to the relationship we're having with food. I mean, who wants to eat chocolate knowing that it's a bad food um, and feel guilty afterwards? So we address that in the book. I address that in the book because I just, I want people to have a really healthy relationship with food. You know, what makes you feel good? What nourishes your body? What gives you lots of energy? And we're all so different. And if we can tap into that, um, there'll be less conversations like the one a couple of weeks ago when on the flight somewhere, um, I was given a chocolate and I ate half because that's all I felt like eating. And then the flight attendant said, oh, you're good, aren't you? <laughs> you know, when she took it? But this happens all the time. You know, we, a friend, you know, I've got to go for a run because I ate the cake. Um, who wants to do, who wants to wrap all this up? It's no wonder we're so messed up. And we talk about this obesity epidemic and we've got all these problems. We're a little bit messed up with the relationship we have with food. And it doesn't have to be that way. There's no good food or bad food. Food is just food. And food fuels us in different ways. So then taking that message, how do you actually take that home with you? Because you are hearing this all the time. Same as the, you know, the what is beautiful messages. And, mm -hmm. you know, and you can sit there and say the big F you, that's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. But then putting it into practice day after day. You mentioned it's okay reading this, but you've got to work on it every day. Mm -hmm. What are some tips and what are some things that people can take into their life to keep coming back to this? In general? Yeah. Not just about the food? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my goodness. Um, Let's do one thing. Let's just do one. And it, it might be difficult to do it now, but all of you just close your eyes. Just go with me on this. I do this a lot and it's, it's, it's fun. It's actually not fun. It's, <laughs> it's more poignant than fun. But if we could just all just take a moment and whether we can go there now, you can go there in the next day or two and just think about those final few days that you have on earth. It's the end of your life. Fast forward to the end of your life. And what are the thoughts that are going through your mind? What are you thinking about? So come back here now. It's hard to do it in this environment with this many people, but if you couldn't go there and you're like, I've got to pick up milk on the way home, <laughs> um, whatever, go there in your own space when you can. But I bet there was no one here that was like, oh, my bum. Mm. <laughs> I just wish that in my lifetime it was just a little bit peachier and smaller. Um, or cellulite or any of those things, right? Because they, it just doesn't matter. No, no one was thinking that. If you were, come and see me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but rather than waiting to the end of our lives to have the perspective, how about coming back to the here and now while we're breathing and capable and able and living? Like now. We can access this life now. And, and that's what I would love everyone to really think about is... I was in the States a few months ago and in a talk I was like, we've got, I was 
quite animated because I was talking. I was like, we've got to stop carrying on like pork chops. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean. How did that go down? It just, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't go down well. They didn't know what I was saying. Um, but... <laughs> But sometimes we just need to give ourselves a little bit of tough love and go, oh, come on, you know, because in terms of the human race, we all had a roof over our heads, I'm sure, last night. We're all here this evening. We probably had food on our plate. Um, We can walk down the street and feel relatively safe. I, I think in terms of the human race, we are well and truly ahead of the game. And yet we're carrying on and talking about all the stuff that doesn't matter. So if we could just wrap our heads around that and go out there and just have some fun, you know, with these incredible bodies. How's all this changed you as a parent? Oh, parenting. Mm. (laughs) 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 Well, let's just say there won't be a parenting book to follow um, (laughs) after this one. (laughs) As I left, Michaela's watching Ambulance. She's eight (laughs) and someone had like a massive, massive gash that made me like, Oh, I felt ill. Um, look, I don't know. I mean, I think... Has it made you just more aware? I mean, because... This, and the reason why I asked the question is because that was the catalyst for what started this. For you looking sure. at your daughter and thinking, if I'm about to do this, how am I going to teach her to love her body? Yeah. I mean... Uh, Look, it's it's on my radar all the all the time. I mean, I've I've heard and seen uh, the kids' friends start to go through their own issues about their body, and that's really scary as a parent because you just don't want that for your child. Um, if anyone's out there and has kids or has grandkids, you know, the the one thing that we can all do is just stop commenting on how they look. Let's just really place the value on who they are. Um, you know, the whole, mummy, do I look pretty in this dress? Just tweak your language, turn it around and say, I just want to know what you're going to do in that dress. Um, stop telling our girls that they're pretty um, because then they, that's a slippery slope if, if you're building your foundation of values based on what you look like and, and we can see the effects of that. So, look, I don't know. I have never analysed my parenting. I just do the best I can. Um, but certainly in our house, it's a, it's a safe zone um, and we can all create that because we can't protect them from what's out there. We can educate them, but in our home, it should be a safe space for them to flourish with no body shaming about anyone's body. No, no body comments, full stop. Mm. Well, this is a safe space as well for questions and comments so bring them on um someone will probably ask you more about tinkerbelling though i'd say (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you just preloaded so if you want (laughs) to ask a question throw your hands up come on this is the time you can go direct to taryn and ask her anything because i know that i haven't asked all the things that i want to need to is that right at the back kate bear is that you up there hi kate how you going um is it while while she's heading up the stairs there is anyone here contributed to the kickstarter Raise your hand. I know you did because you held a a screening at Capri with a gazillion people. Anyone else? Raise your hand. One person. Well, the film is as much my film as it is yours. Thank you so, so much um, for that contribution. We made 8,909 people. Yeah. So for the movie. For the the film. Yeah. Jenny did too. Anyone else? Did I not say that right? (laughs) Has anyone else contributed to the film? And another one at the back. Here they all come. 
someone would slip their hand up and be like, yeah, I did too. Um, I just want to say, because I try and say in every, every talk that I, di I give is thank you for contributing because none of this would exist the way it has without 8,909 people taking a punt on a dream. So thank you, thank you, thank you. No, no. No, no, no second <gasps> Kickstarter. There might be oh. a Nigerian oh. prince somewhere it's with your name. Yeah. Um, thank you, actually. Sorry, Jenny in the front row. Um, I am trying... It's not Kickstarter, but I am trying to finance a film called Embrace Kids. Um, so if anyone's got a lazy half a million knocking around, <laughs> just come and see me. We're using Documentary Australia Foundation um, and we're working with uh, some professors at Victoria University and Flinders University to create... Um, embrace kids for eight to 12 year olds to give it to schools as a resource to use. We know the impact of Embrace. We've actually got data on the impact of people watching Embrace. Um, and now we want to do that for our kids. And we just want to make it and just give it out to the world. So yeah, okay. thank you, Jenny, for reminding me. All right, I think we're ready up the back. Okay. Sorry, hi, Taryn. Oh, where are you? I need to see, oh, thank you. Um, hi. Sorry, big build up now to my question, <laughs> but it was just really, <laughs> I just wanted to know if we're going to dance now or later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> I'll meet you Ellen on us. Um, uh, all of us. You want to dance? Yes. Do we have space? Do we have yeah. Where are we? Are we good? You know what? We'll come back. To, we'll go to another question. Yeah. Um, and someone up the back will yeah. come up with a really we'll crazy song. Maybe the conga song. White boy. Because the other one, I, the only other song I've got in my head for the last 48 hours is Baby Shark. Do, 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 do. No, not that song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a proper song. All right, Let's so see if we can make something happen. All I right, like we'll the way you think. We've You're got an about embracer, 15 minutes. I can tell. Beautiful. Who else has got a question? What about from some of the kids in the audience? Don't be shy. Any of you guys wanted to speak? You can't. Oh, no. They're all like, no, God, no. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, you're all very quiet. This is outrageous. This has never happened. This here is home go. ground territory, on, people. Here we go. Anyone missing the bachelor for the rest for this? That's what they're, they're like. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hi, Taryn. Hi. <laughs> um, what would you? What was your advice when you get stuck in those conversations of body shaming with friends that haven't embraced? Yeah, call it call it out. It's a great great question. Did you, everyone you guys hear it? Heard, heard that? Um, yeah, so the question was, um, what do you do when you get stuck in those conversations with people continually about body, you know, that are body shaming or yeah. ju judging and we can add that in, yeah. It's, it's easier to be proactive about not having those conversations. So, you know, if you have someone in mind or a group of friends, she's like, I do, they're, they're there, no. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Go to those friends and... We need to, when we're having conversations that are really important to us, no matter what the conversation, create the space for that conversation. So next time you're talking and their body shaming and saying stuff and you just jump in and say how you feel and I want to do something different, the conversation um, won't be taken seriously because it just becomes banter. But if you call on your friends and say, hey, friends, let's catch up or let's have dinner or coffee or whatever, I want to talk about something with you, something that's really important to me. Everyone will be gossiping on WhatsApp and going, what is it, what is it, what is it? Is she pregnant again? Or what? You know? And then you have that conversation. And does it make sense you've then created, you've elevated, you've made a space for something really incredible to happen? So try that with your friends. It's better to get on top of it that way than the other. 
What do you do then if you have a friend that can't get that? Unfriend her. <laughs> Go on. No, no, we need to support that friend, you know, and there's a ton of resources out there. You know, it could be the casual, here's a documentary I saw recently. <laughs> you might enjoy it, you know. Um, of course, I'm joking. There, there are many, many, many resources out there. You know, Dr Linda Bacon's Health at Every Size is a phenomenal book. Um, yeah, give her a present that's uh, got a message behind it. That's okay. Another one over here. Hi, Taryn. Um, oh, I'm interested hi, Paula. In, hi. Just sneaking in there. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm you. interested in um, your views on ageing and culture and, and when you're talking about, in, in terms of embracing, you know, mm. whether this is going to be something that's going to endure for you in the next 10 to 20 years as, mm. as certain milestones are reached. And, and given the, the talk, uh, sorry, given the next um, thing you were talking about doing, the, you know, in terms of other countries, I think it would be really interesting to sort of look into how that varies amongst cultures, because I think it's very different in non-Western society. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I and agree. I'm very interested I'm in it, obviously. Yeah, and this is why, um, you know, earlier when I was saying it's all I was capable of back then, you know, when I was making Embrace, um, because it is kind of one-dimensional if you think about it in terms of all the vast culture, um, countries, people. Um, so it's something I definitely want to explore. Um, in terms of ageing, I mean, you know my thoughts and for anyone else who doesn't know my thoughts, I mean, I embrace ageing. Ageing is a privilege, you know, denied to many and the lines on my face, they serve to remind me life is short and the bucket list is long. You know, it's, it's a gift to be alive. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to forge ahead with that message and, and try to get people just to stop this anti-ageing uh, epidemic. <laughs> I mean, it's just everywhere. We have, you know, as we get older, we have so much more to offer. Um, and I've just turned 40, so I kind of go, I can't wait for what 50 brings and 60 and 70 and 80. So, yeah. Do you think that will become more challenging, though? To get my message out? No, not necessarily to continue to embrace... One of the things oh, that you talk about, one, sure. of the, one of the things that you talk about with your body is the fact that your legs love, you can dance you around the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What yeah. about when your legs stop being able to do that? Yeah, I know? think I'm going to, I think it's going to be a challenge. And yeah. I, and I have thought about that. I mean, I never have a bad day about my body. Um, my body right now does everything it needs my body mm. to do. Um, but I have spoken to people with disabilities. And I'm also one of these people that says, right, well, if this leg gets chopped off and I can't do a dance with two legs, I'll do one with one. You know, like we can only work with what we've got to work with. So I, I hope I can take that attitude and, and be as positive about it when things start, you know, changing. See, I think I'm about to combine two questions because I had dinner with some girlfriends last night and our ageing conversation that we had around the table, very different. Very different. We really? ended up talking about how to cover greys the best and the best tip that we got out of it was for those of us with dark hair, there's this paint that you can kind of put on your roots <laughs> and the tip was don't ever put your sunglasses up on there because when you put them back down <laughs> and you take them up again, you're left with paint around your eyes like that. <laughs> An important conversation, maybe not as important <laughs> as yours. Just saying. Oh. Anyone else got some questions? Yeah, down the a couple down here. See, they're great, beautiful. Damn wall burst open. We're away. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Taryn. Um, I'm a school teacher, and the Embrace Kids um, movement that you're going with is of particular interest to me mm -hmm. um, because I think 
any other teachers in the room as well would um, agree that we're starting to see the lack of body confidence come in at a younger and younger age. I, I work in the primary space but have worked with students in secondary as well and it's particularly alarming and um, what more would you like to see done in that space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, embrace the documentary has been seen in hundreds of schools across Australia and it's been amazing. Um, it was one of the, um, it was part of the inspiration for Embrace Kids because spending time in schools, it felt like teachers um, were just frustrated because it's it feels like we're trying to fix problems that have been embedded for years. So that's what Embrace Kids was about. We're also now trying to... Um, where we are. We're writing uh, a couple of songs um, to get into the year twos and threes about the magic of their body and embracing their body and your body's not an ornament, it's the vehicle to your dreams. Um, we've only got the words and I've partnered with a, a group, um, Pevin and Sarah. Does anyone know Pevin and Sarah? It's pretty random. Um, <laughs> but, they, but they do like the dancing, you know, the, the shows and stuff at yeah, the Fringe yeah. and they're amazing what they do. Um, I would love to see um, some more training for teachers about the communication and the language that they use with their students because it's a, it's a minefield, you know, like it's, I mean, I've been working immersed in this space for six years and even sometimes I say things and I go, oh gosh, is that, is that right? Um, and you guys are frontline. So more um, education and training on body image and how to communicate and how to help our children to foster a positive body image. So yeah. the comment down here was what about, I don't know if you've seen it in uh, the papers, but the whole idea of weighing children in schools. I mean, you could even go as far to say compulsory physical education, you know, that whole blanket approach, I guess. Yeah, I mean, outrageous. We, we don't need to be weighing our children. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's happening in schools, and not just here in Australia. I saw uh, last week uh, photoshopping school photos mm. in the US. Um, there was something else that happened in schools that just... Um, yeah, it all needs a, a, a lot of work and we need to really put the spotlight on what damage is being done by just weighing kids and measuring their height and just making sure that they're healthy. We really need to change that. We need to change um, our goals around health as well. Mm. Questions over here. Hi, um, my, my question's in the same sort of vein. Um, we've come together with friends from work and I've got tween girls and she's got teen girls. Um, and I've, we've got girls that are tomboys and we've got ones that are real fashionistas. Um, and what sort of practical tips have you got for us, like from a, like a day-to-day -day basis for like my daughter, my little one's eight and she's all, you know, <laughs> she loves Barbie and all that sort of stuff. And like we focus a lot, we don't talk about body size at home and stuff. We talk about being strong and fit and hmm. eating, you know, some foods more nutritious than other food and stuff like that, trying to sort of be a bit more healthy but without good and bad sort of language. Mm -hmm. But I know, you know, as they get older and... and it's harder. Yeah, it just gets harder. Yeah, I have like a 16-year-old and she really understands the emotional side of it, that you don't have to be great at sport or arts or music at school and school can be a great place for everybody and they've got that, mm -hmm. but she doesn't get the body thing. Like mm -hmm. one day she said, oh, I'm like Kim Kardashian, I've got the boobs and the bum, but oh my God, I hate my stomach. You think mm -hmm. it's such a, she's so confused yeah. in her own mind and they have such a great understanding of how to treat people now but not treat themselves. So, And it doesn't matter how much I reinforce 
enforce, you know, and, and it's funny that you should say, I do say to her a lot, but you're a really pretty girl, it doesn't matter what people say. Mm-hmm. And I'm realising tonight that I'm probably reinforcing that pretty message and subconsciously. So I need yeah. to change how, how I speak to her. But I think I'm trying to make her more positive about herself. I'm probably using the wrong language, I've realised. Yeah, and, and you know what? Don't feel any guilt for that because, you know, we, we do the best we can. It, it's like um, when a child comes to their mother and says, you know, do, do I look fat? You know, the mum, and I've heard this so many occasions, turns around and says, no, you're not fat. Of course you're not fat. And we know that that does a lot of damage because then it sets that child up to go, oh, fat is bad. Um, and then, you know, next minute they're seeing a diet ad on the TV uh, and then, they're, you know, off they go on that road to destruction. So, look, I think it's great that it's on your radar now, you know, maybe to, to build her and him, you know, if you've got mixed kids, to just keep coming back to how their body feels and, you know, can your body do everything you want your body to do? Like, what do you enjoy doing? Is it soccer? Is it um, gymnastics? Is it running? Is it dancing? Then that's the purpose of your body. It's a, it's a vehicle to enjoy. Um, it's tough, though. It is tough in an environment that doesn't support that. So keep having conversations. Um, how old are your kids? 16 and 18. Okay, so go- goodness, they can you know sit down and watch the film for them, create the space and go, I just wanna watch this film and then can we chat afterwards or can we go grab a bite to eat and talk about it? I was it? gonna say, how? She's going, put the vaginas away! <laughs> 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 This film has got such a reputation. You should see the film and those vaginas on a Qantas flight. Yeah. yeah. I've got another one down here. This might end up being our last question, so I know that you all want to get Tara to sign books and things. I haven't actually seen your film. Can you still access that and how can you watch it? Uh, Yeah, it's... um, on iTunes, if you're old school, JB Hi-Fi for DVDs and, I don't know, Big W. But, yeah, go on, go online, um, iTunes, and what's the other one? Foxtel as well. Yeah. And how else can people access you for all the other um, stuff that you're talking about as well? For those oh, so, yeah, what I would love um, for each of you to do um, as soon as possible is, is follow the Body Image Movement. Go to bodyimagemovement.com and on that homepage, there's a space for your name and your email address. This movement that is happening, it's not my movement, it's all of our movement. You know, so when there are calls to action, you know, when we're lobbying, when we're, when we're getting petitions and we're trying to get signatures, we need to go to our community. And we can't always rely on our, you know, st- we've got strong social media communities, but we can't rely on Facebook. We need to have your name and your email. You won't hear from us all the time about riffraff, um, but we need to stay connected. Um, for those of you who are on social media, Tyron Brumford on Instagram um, and Facebook as well and Twitter. But look, beyond tonight, you know, when you go back out there, if there's one thing I would love everyone to do is when you see something that's not right, whether it's the postcards I've seen a thousand times at the at the markets of topless women and some, you know, keep going back in there and going, oh, no, really, like, I, I came here last week and I asked you to remove these and they've popped back on the shelf. <laughs> Could you please get rid of them? Um, <laughs> you know, we just, we've just, we've got to be active in our voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, or, you know, at Bounce, you know, Bounce on Richmond Road. You know, but I went there last year and they were playing video clips of, of women gyrating in a bikini with men commentating on their bodies, um, you know, with their fingers and their tongues between their fingers at Bounce. Um, it soon got rid of because if you want to fast track stuff, you go straight to social media and write an open letter. Um, <laughs> but... No, but we can do, when we see something that's not right, pick up the phone. It doesn't have to be nasty. It can just be, this is not okay for these reasons and just do something. We've all got to play our role. We've all got to play our part. It sounds like we've all got some homework. Please put your hands together for Tara and Brumford. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thank you.